Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Chris who has served somewhere in Asia. And our topic of discussion is what's got up to when all hell breaks loose. Uh, we were blessed to uh, have been uh, uh, encountered Jesus and uh, almost a Damascus Road kind of event where Jesus came and visited us personally. And uh, very quickly, uh, within weeks, uh, I began to be impressed upon by Jeremiah 20, verse 9, that says, there's a fire in my heart that I that I can't hold in and, and uh, I have to let it out. Uh, and so uh, in that process, as I began to do so and began to share the gospel almost immediately as well as I could at that moment in time, um, I was just eating up the word. And uh, very quickly in Isaiah chapter 49, uh, I began to just feel as if my life previously had been spent much in vain. And, uh, and yet that God was calling me out and, and really had prepared me to, to, to go and I didn't really know what that meant, uh, but very quickly, it was very clear. It was to the nations, uh, even in the Great Commission, it just became very clear that there was a qualifier there, that we were, the command was to make disciples, but he says to all nations. And, and really, uh, you know, uh, it's an impossible task. Uh, and it's not even, can, it can't even be done within our own power, but we know that there's, it's bookended by, two promises there that his authority is there, his power is there, but also his presence. He will be with us to the end of the age. And so uh, we just began to, to, to trying to explore that. And by the grace of God, uh, within two years of, of that moment, we were actually living in Asia, uh, our family. At that time, we had three children. We, we now have four children, one that we adopted from there. And uh, we began to just uh, go to places uh, as as Romans 15 talks about. Uh, Paul wanted to go to places where the gospel had not been preached yet, and um, so we began to to go to unreached peoples and places uh, and uh, and and share the gospel there. Good. It was it was a hard season uh, in the beginning. Uh, obviously, we were we were learning uh, language at that time, but at the same time, we were graced as many of us uh, in movement. Uh, would say is we always many of us would say we ended up in a room we didn't deserve to be in, and uh, with with many great mentors um, that uh, we learned from um, many of the names that 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 are on your podcast and that you've written about uh, those were people that we just had the blessing to be around for for a season and were pouring into us and uh, we were actually in a uh, particular mentoring program at one point in time where we were flying back and forth to um, some, some movement leaders. And then they would send us back into our fields and, and uh, we would just apply everything that we were ner- uh, learning. So we were just learning at a rapid pace, but applying it as well, specifically in oral people groups. And as we began to do that, it, it, uh, it, it was hard and there was a lot of pushback. Uh, these are people that had never heard the gospel before. And so the enemy was significantly at work. But at the same time, the power of God 
uh, was on display. I was reading in Mark chapter one uh, in preparation for this time, and it just really spoke to some of the things that uh, we were encountering in those first days as we began to share the gospel and began to take the gospel to villages and people that had never heard before. And in that passage, Mark chapter one, verses 21 to 28, in verse 22, um, it says, and they were astonished at his teaching, Jesus' teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority. And initially, as we began to share the gospel, uh, we were sharing in a particular trade language, but very quickly we were um, getting the, um, the the gospel and, and the word of God at least orally into uh, th- this particular people group's language, and then eventually starting to get some writing into place. And what we encountered time and time again is people hearing for the first time, unbelievers actually hearing the word of God in their own language and saying, we've never heard our language spoken with such authority. And that just that just really began to help me to understand the power of God that lay in his word, the living word. But also in that pa- passage, we see that Jesus encounters uh, a man with an unclean spirit. And the man says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He, he calls him by name. There's a recognition of who that is. And we that's when we recognize this is the same thing that we were sort of encountering is that there was a spiritual war taking place, but the gospel was overcoming that. Jesus was the victor. As we were in another country later on uh, that uh, uh, you would know and have, have been to, uh, the, the believers there actually have a different word for hello uh, among among the believers than they do in the regular population. And, and I love that the word they use because it ultimately translates as victory in Christ. And uh, that's what we were experiencing there in those in those first days it was about uh, two years prior to us coming. Uh, we had begun coming on a non-residential basis and coming regularly uh, and uh, bringing volunteer teams, uh, going out to places, uh, nondescript places, and and basically planting Bibles in different places, prayer walking, uh, all these uh, regions, so that once we actually arrived on the ground, and within uh, approximately six months of us actually being on the ground, we had uh, in a particular county, we were working in multiple places, but in a particular county where we lived, we had actually hit every single village, uh, prayer walking it. Uh, putting uh, some kind of uh, Jesus film or some kind of uh, uh, Bible in in those particular places. And then from there, that's when we began to do heavy seed sowing because we were able to now start sharing the gospel more. We had some, some folks trained. We had begun to see a church uh, that was initially planted in that particular place. And it was a, a church, uh, we'll call it the P family, but uh, the, the, they were uh, as poor as they could be. Uh, they had been greatly persecuted for not having followed uh, the typical uh, religions and practices, waiting for uh, the truth to come. And once they uh, you know, received the gospel, uh, they were immediately baptized. The men were actually immediately baptized that day, and, and the women within a month were all baptized. And that from that small church in a little shanty uh, b- between two factories, actually, uh, they began to share the gospel uh, just widely. And actually, a 17-year-old boy, he was the one that seemed to be the person of peace that could take the gospel in uh, into schools. He could take, 
He took it into prisons. He just shared the gospel with anyone and everyone. Uh, and from there, we began to see a significant uh, movement of baptisms that then began to uh, eventually, uh, a small movement, I, I should say, but uh, a, definitely a movement of God, of people being transformed that then began to form into groups and churches. And uh, from there, that's actually where we ended up with a significant uh, uh, conflict with the enemy. These churches uh, were really thriving. We made a, a very clear statement every time that we trained that uh, the word of God was our authority, that they should look not, not to us alone, but really to the word of God uh, as their ultimate authority uh, to ensure that whether we stayed or left, that they would, and, and whether false teachers came in, that they would always look back to the word of God. And, and in those days, the spirit of, uh, of God through the word of God and the people of God was truly just uh, transforming these these very simple people and giving such wisdom because of the fear of the Lord that existed and then bringing fruit. And uh, one particular family, uh, they, they had received the gospel. The men had all been baptized immediately. The women within a month uh, were, were all baptized in their church, uh, a small, poor uh, family, you know, stuck between two factories, a shanty uh, type home there. Uh, that little church began to just spread the gospel everywhere among prisons and schools and throughout the town and through villages, uh, through much persecution uh, as well. Uh, so much so that we had uh, many times they were being beat, beat up, taken into the hospital. But we used those times where we would come and minister to them in the hospital and lead people to the Lord in the, in, in the hospitals. And so it was it was a. It was a spectacular time uh, of seeing the church begin to grow, but the church actually uh, loving one another in a in a difficult context in a place where they had to be underground churches. But even in that, the, the, the community was seeing the salt and light and didn't quite understand it yet. Uh, the, the authorities were, were trying to see what was going on at all times, oftentimes when we would see um, tons of people coming to Christ and needing to be baptized. And we would have to uh, arrange lunch with the authorities in order so that a baptism could be coming over here and give them plausible deniability. Uh, so it was a, it was a, just a special time of growth, not only in terms of baptisms, but churches, but the church is growing in health and maturity. But at that same time, with such love that existed, all of a sudden we began to see backbiting beginning to happen. We began to see this, this sort of conflict happening among the, among the people within the churches that we had never seen before. And it was just very evident that something was off. And, um, and so in that, we at the same time, we had been praying uh, for a, a, a national partner that would, would come alongside us and be able to labor full time with us. And uh, when and suddenly someone arrived, uh, from out of town, uh, albeit, uh, that was actually saying all the same things that we had been praying for, all the things that we were asking for, he, and, and the vision that we had uh, to get to no place left, uh, he was expressing the same things. And so, although we were greatly excited about that, and began to introduce him to many of the brothers and sisters, there was something that was different 
in that typically these brothers and sisters had never met other Christians before. And so when, when they did, it was like, oh, these are my family from around the world. But when this guy came through, it was evident that something was off and they were just hesitant with him. And I couldn't figure it out. I thought I was actually a little bit upset with them because we treat brothers and sisters like family. Uh, but when we began to recognize some of the backbiting and things that were happening, uh, some of our mentors had said, maybe you should check into uh, whether there's some cults that have come in. Yeah. Well, one of the first things they uh, uh, told us to do at that time was to begin to actually go and ask deeper questions of, of one of the, the main leader that had come in with the, with his vision. And, and, uh, and as we began to really explore deeper into testimonies uh, with him and what his testimony was like and what his transformation had been like in Christ, one of the things that became apparent is that he actually didn't have a testimony. He had a, a story that somebody had helped him c- concoct but when you you know when when you met Jesus, there was something different that happened. You met him personally, and he didn't have that, and it became apparent in that. And um, and then I began to ask deeper questions because this man could quote scripture from uh, Old Testament to New and back and forth. But there was always something that was just a little bit different. You know, Satan comes uh, dressed as you know. It, 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 in, in sheep's clothing, but but as a wolf. And mm-hmm. so he would take and he would just twist something a little bit. And that's what actually the believers were pointing this out uh, to us, uh, because these were very simple believers, but they were looking at the word of God and they were saying, hey, uh, based upon what he said, there's something off. It's just twisted a little bit. And uh, so we began to really explore that. And, and essentially we confronted him and he fled. But we recognized at that time, though, there is potentially some major issues within these churches and potentially some some people that have actually come in. Because typically what these cults would do is they would send in kind of their lackeys that would go in and uh, infiltrate the churches and say, oh, this person said this about you. This person said this about you and create all this division and deceit within it. And then they would later send in somebody that was much more uh, able to speak well and a false prophet per se. And so we knew that, how, how did, how should we deal with this? The, the wheats and the tares, you know? And so we were really wrestling uh, with this. And so we actually uh, decided uh, based upon uh, uh, the, the book of Jude. And we went in there and we said, well, based upon the book of Jude, we we were not the ones to 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 ask them to to leave. Uh, in fact, I'll just turn there. In Jude chapter one, um, we see that uh, certain people in verse uh, four that we are to contend for the faith, but certain people have crept in unnoticed, and they pervert the grace of God um, into sensuality and deny our Master and Lord Jesus Christ, and so. It, goes on in verse nine to say that Michael, when he was contending with the, de- with the devil, um, he didn't presume to pronounce the blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And so uh, one of the things that we just kind of felt like is what we needed to do was to go and actually uh, ask these every single believer to pray and 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 specifically say that I believe in the name of the Lord Jesus that He died for me and 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 rose again, 
and I confess my sins before. And 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 in that, uh, we knew that the, the cult had actually believed that uh, that the, there was a, a that Jesus had returned as a female, and so we were asking them to also uh, ask Jesus to curse uh, the, the false prophet and the, and the false Jesus there. And, uh, rather than us, us doing that as well. And so what became apparent uh, as we began to go around to each member and do this is that every, uh, true believer was very repentant and sharing exactly what they believed. And then every person that was a member of the cult would try to do the same thing, but they could not curse the female Jesus. And you, you, you might remember that the passage where uh, Jesus says that uh, they were accusing Jesus of actually uh, blaspheming. And uh, and Jesus says a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Satan can't curse himself in that way. And so these people literally would try to get it out of their mouth. And they literally, they tried and they tried and they tried. And so at that moment, we would say, you must leave now and never come back. Um, and, uh, and by the authority uh, of Jesus, they didn't, uh, they didn't push back. They, they were sad. They, they left. But here's the thing, Steve. At that time, that is where everything um, kind of went, went awry. Well, what happened was... Um, as soon as we were completed with that, um, I, 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 uh, I immediately started, my phone started just blowing up and, uh, and I started getting calls and, and I was denying them at the time because I was with them. But then I realized it was my wife and I needed to, to take the call. And so I did and I took the call and immediately she was just frantic and said that they had been attacked uh, by some, uh, some crazy people out there. And, uh, and the whole family was being attacked and, and, and our children as well. And, uh, they had finally eventually made it into the house, but they were just, uh, in tears and, and struggling. And so I immediately took off and, uh, and, and went back to the house. So when I arrived back, I, I pulled up and then, uh, as soon as I got out, immediately four of them ran, uh, straight. They were just disheveled. One was naked. Uh, the others were just disheveled clothes, uh, very clearly uh, demon possessed, and uh, and 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 essentially they were just running and jumping and attacking, scraw- uh, clatch, uh, uh, scratching and clawing uh, at at me. And so I was able to run away and, and run up the four flights of stairs and 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 jump into our apartment. And so it's like um, something out but, of a horror movie. It really was. And, you know, you think about it. One of the things in Psalm 18, uh, it, it says with the crooked, uh, he makes himself seem tortuous. And what I was seeing there is that not only did they uh, try to attack us, but then they remained outside of our apartment. And anybody that tried to come to our apartment or if we tried to go out, they would immediately just run and, and jump on us and start attacking us. And so even while we weren't uh, inside, uh, we're, while we were inside our apartment, they would lay in the street. We had a lot of traffic that went outside, right outside our, our, our window there. And they would lay in the street, in the middle of the street, and just scream as if they were being tortured 
24 hours a day. I, I just, I didn't, I could, it was almost like they themselves were being tortured and, and cars were going by and, and it was just, it was just terrible. And we actually had somebody else that came to visit us to kind of serve us, particularly at that time. And as soon as they arrived, they immediately went and attacked them as well. And they had to leave. Uh, the enemy was trying to say, I don't want you here. Go back somewhere else, you know, and, um, and so, uh, to be honest with you, Steve, I didn't, I hadn't been prepared for that. Um, and, uh, and so the only thing that I knew to do, I told my wife, I said, I'm going into the bedroom here and I'm not coming out until, uh, I know what we're supposed to do. It ended up being for four days. I prayed and fasted and just spent time with the Lord. And, uh, honestly, uh, just eating his word. <laughs> It was, it was, those were some of the hardest days of my life and some of the most uh, joyful times of the life of my life, but I didn't know what to do. And uh, finally, uh, after four days, uh, I was sitting there reading the word of God and I was praying and all of a sudden I didn't have an epiphany. I didn't have a specific word from the Lord. I felt so boldly confident in the Lord that I serve, in the spirit that was within me, and the word of God that I had been reading, that it was just unconscious. And I stood up and I walked out of the room and my wife looked at me and I didn't even say anything. I just continued on, walked outside the door, walked down four flights of stairs and walked around the corner. And as I came around the corner, the same thing happened. And they jumped up off the street and just began to run right after me. And I held up my hand and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be gone. And I'll never forget that, Steve. It changed my ministry for the rest of my life. It changed the course of my life and what I will spend my life doing. Because the moment I said the name of Jesus Christ, I'll never forget the recognition of that name. The, the recognition that and the eyes to see and say, I know that name. And they cowered in fear. They cowered in fear on the ground. And eventually they ran away. And we never uh, encountered them again. That is the Lord we serve. That is the victory in Jesus that we have. The living word that rests in us. Mm. Wow. I'm just taking it in my <laughs> Yeah. Wow. You know, when you asked us to consider um sharing that story, I had um really wrestled with that uh, for some time. It's it's uh I've told that story, but I've often told it in smaller circles. Hmm. Um I've often told it in smaller circles with uh other uh, M's, you know, that, that it would encourage or that they needed to hear that. Um, but I know that the enemy uh, uses things like this um, to jump at our identity, to, to begin to uh, rattle us. And at the same time, I know that others need to hear this and know not not the kind of spiritual, maybe, maybe there's people on this call that need to understand 
the kind of battle that they're in, the kind of war that we're facing. Uh, maybe uh, some just need to be encouraged. But here's the thing. I want everybody to understand that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you're calling yourself a bond servant of him to get the gospel to every people in place, that is the power of God. He is the power of God. Jesus is the victor. His resurrection defeated sin, Satan, and death. He has no claim on us. And we will experience persecution. We will experience hardship. But we will see him in the end. You know, when, when Jesus was baptized, he, he stood before the Father and the Father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, Jesus stands in our place so that the Father can say, you are my son or you are my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Our identity is secure. He, Satan has no claim against us. Mm. And through this moment in time, I was just struck by the fact that Satan thinks he has dominion over all of those places. And until we go, he is practicing his dominion in every one of those peoples and places that live in darkness today. At the time, before we left that location, uh, we, we saw significant love and unity and the gospel continuing to go out and churches continuing to grow. Wow. And for years, uh, we didn't have as much opportunity to go back into those, those places, that particular place, uh, although we stayed in touch with many of the people. And we did see churches begin to form in other places of Asia, uh, even, even so much as uh, a couple of churches in the iPhone factory today uh, through that work. But there was, uh, uh, there was a moment about a year ago uh, where God just gave me Sort of, you know, like uh, like uh, like a uh, mounting me up like an uh, eagle on its wings, being able to just kind of go up above and sort of look out and say, "Here's what I've been doing." I walked into uh, a different country in Asia. Uh, uh, one of the leaders that I work with, and uh, I happened to travel over there, and I, and I walked into his house, and he was on a, a coaching call at the time with uh, with some people. And he had a map pulled up on it. And he said, I'll be with you in just a second. Just go ahead and sit down. And I said, I can't sit down. And he said, okay, well, let me introduce you. So he was introducing me to the guy he was on a Zoom call with. And, and, and he said, what do you mean you can't sit down? And, and I said, that map that you have on your screen, well, why do you have that on your screen? And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching somebody and, and they've got, you know, a significant work going on there that's that's starting to multiply. And and, and I said, I, I'm telling you, I've been to every one of those villages. <laughs> I've prayed over every one of those villages in person, <laughs> you know. And, and 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 so just this joy and tears began to just well up in me because I was seeing what God had continued on. And right now, there's significant persecution going on there. Uh, but as a result of that, the word is spreading. So uh, God will finish what he starts. 
don't forget, if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, you can leave a review and you can spread the word through social media or just word of mouth. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.